right. Day 109. Welcome mm. back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. I'm Keith. And I'm Kim. All right. And it is three of us <laughs> here this week. I'm so excited to be able to talk through the book of Esther with Kim. Yeah. Uh, we originally brought Kim on as a guest a few weeks ago. And it was like um, she just earned her spot, right? So it's she got like, signed. Yeah, we said signed. Yeah, there's certain yeah shows that are written in in but. the past where it's like they bring on somebody as an extra, and they um, take center stage so well that they have to write them into the script. So we offered her a contract, and Kim is going to be a staple here. And I'm excited because uh, Kim's been a friend for some years. She's on staff at Cornerstone Church, and I've learned so much from her, and she mm. has been like an unofficial counselor to me throughout <laughs> this pandemic. So Darker. I owe a lot of my life and sanity to Kim. So <laughs> Kim, glad to have it's you. It's been good. I'm glad to be here again. So yeah. love right. it. Yeah. Just a reminder: the Windows and Mirrors podcast is a podcast where we hope uh, to help you see that the Bible is more like a window than a mirror. It works better when we treat it like that, when we come to it to look through it and see God, not look at it and see us. And that's good because we find ourselves today um, in the book of Esther. Interesting fact, God is not mentioned one time in Mm. this book, right? But it's still a book that's all about God. Wow. It is crazy. Yeah, 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 I like it. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's it's uh I, I got saved <laughs> reading this book this week. Uh it's it's so amazing. And yeah, kind of where we left off last time, you know, we talked about Ezra and Nehemiah mm-hmm. and all of these books are talking about the Persian kingdom. And so right. now we get the viewpoint not from Jerusalem, but from nah. Susa, right? The right. capital mm-hmm. city of Persia. And we get introduced to this guy Xerxes. We call him Xerxes, that's his Greek name. But yeah. Husserus, I think that's how you pronounce it. And um, she wears, yeah. Yeah, something. Yeah. Something like that. Who knows? The, the thing that I was struck by was just the power dynamics in this text and how right. Persia is the leading empire in the world up until this time. Right. right. And you see what God does in the midst of this empire. And this takes place, guys, like this takes place between Ezra 6 and 7. So we've oh, yeah. already read the time frame of the Jews being back you know, from exile, and now we're going to see what goes down in the Persian kingdom with the Jews. Fam. And to see the fact that they, not everyone went back when they opened up, you know, we're talking about through Ezra mm. and Nehemiah, some of them actually stayed where they were. And so yeah. just this image of seeing um, the story of Esther and Mordecai, how they were people who were in Persia and they didn't leave yet. They were still, you know, living life. He was at the king's gate. And so he had a role there. And now we see that Esther is about to have even a bigger role. Yeah. Mm. Xerxes is wild, yo. Fam. Yeah. yeah Xerxes man. is like, I let's throw a party because I'm party, dope party. and I want you to see. Six months. Six months. months long. And so then a seven day long party. Yeah. <laughs> so catch this. The party is six months long. And then at the mm. end, he's like, that's not enough. The after man. party is seven days long. And it says, he even goes so far in the text and he's like, yo, um, Entries free before Saturday, right? So it's yeah. like the rich and the poor. He's like, man, we got sections, an open bar. And then you see some of these dynamics yeah. where he goes to his wife and he's like, yo, Vashti, 
put that fashion over dress on, come mm-hmm. over here, turn around. I want all the homies to see how dope you are. Yeah. She says, no. no, no, I'm not doing that. Like one of the things like that's amazing that a lot of times you've heard this taught in the text as um, she didn't submit to her husband. Mm. But if you think about the context of there's been this whole right. party, they've had seven days of an open bar, two hours of an open bar at a reception cannot go well. <laughs> right. Seven days right. yeah. of an open bar. And at yeah. the end of it, he's like, oh, come in here. And she says, mm, no. Nah. And when you think about it, it's she was preserving herself. Who right. would be? I mean, just the idea of feeling comfortable walking into a room filled with men who have been drinking for seven days straight. Yeah. And in a patriarchal she would society, be okay with this in a patriarchal society and expecting she would be okay with this. And his right. feelings got hurt. Yep. Yeah. And, and so she she uh, so she says, no, nah. mm-hmm. they look at her and they say, yo, man, your man. wife just put out lemonade. And now <laughs> all these other wives are uh, uh, going right. Jump back at their husbands. You got to put her in her place. And so you see mm-hmm. this king, this man with great power but like very small-minded and insecure and in a rage banishes mm-hmm. her right yo yo right. give me my crown back you're not the queen and that's Ooh. the backdrop that's how this book starts off yeah right. and it's like power and fame and riches and possessions mm-hmm. all of these things that he has it the t- i think the text is saying is like they have the propensity to make us self-serving oh yeah vain right. and yeah. arrogant right that's good and then the other thing is like the delusion it can bring like it right. makes you feel like you actually have more power than you really and have you really right do. so that's the irony is he he's ahead of 127 provinces but he sends for his wife and she does he says for his wife she don't even come so you really ain't as as powerful as you think my guy <laughs> right. you really ain't that guy like that <laughs> you know what i'm saying right so, yeah yeah but then like when he gets to the point where he regrets it sometime later yeah. The the thought of it says he regret and then one little word where it says he goes back for all of the beautiful young virgins. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, a lot of times people tell this from a like a Cinderella at the ball type way of, oh, these women are fighting to be his queen. But no, he went 127 provinces and collected all the beautiful virgins in the area to see which one was going to be his wife. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So most people tell this story, and it's the yeah, it's the PG thirteen. This is the yes, yeah not. TV MA, right? You want to make sure that your kids are in bed before you really walk through this one, right? So it's this right. So you know, again, it's this strange story where all the characters um do these things or have to do these things or are in these places that are morally compromised right so mm-hmm. esther comes through and she's chosen uh and we have to remember she is part of a harem right there right. is like kings and people of power had harems for one reason um mm-hmm. and esther goes through and it seems like she and she excels at that one reason Mm-hmm. and the king right. chooses her and then we see the whole plot where there's people trying to plot for his life mordecai comes in tells esther she saves the king and the very next chapter the king comes through and mm-hmm. promotes haman so mm. uh what mordecai does is recorded the king promotes 
Haman. Haman. Everybody fears Haman, but Mordecai, in the spirit of the great Brooklyn poet and philosopher Christopher Wallace, (laughs) says, picture me being scared of a brother that breathes the same air as me. He's just not scared. And that Mm -hmm. cuts Haman to the core. Little men can't stand when people stand tall and don't yeah bow down in their presence mm-hmm. yeah i love i love what the the stuff the text pulls out especially in three i love what you said it says three five it says when Haman saw that mordecai was not bowing down or paying him homage he was filled with rage mm-hmm. and when he learned of mordecai's this is the csb ethnic identity ah with mordecai alone he planned to destroy all of mordecai's people mm-hmm. the jews throughout Xerxes kingdom so in other words this is ethnic hatred right right and he tries Mm -hmm. to destroy a whole people group and it's so crazy that i think in our time a lot of times we have certain ethnic groups who individualize behavior right Right. so if someone on their side does something it's like all right that was just a bad apple bad seed he needs to be dealt with one person but if one person on the other side does it yeah. We uh, impute that to every. We generalize. We don't individualize. Yeah. Right. Mm. And then right on top of that, that, I'm sorry, y'all, but then this man <laughs> uh, Xerxes comes through and he legislates what Haman says. Right. He makes uh, it law that all the Jews should be eradicated. So in other words, this is systemic injustice. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is in the Bible. Right. And so and money at the root of it because it talks about how he gave he paid him and uh, then Xerxes was like, Go ahead, three hundred seventy five tons, I think, of silver that he gave yeah, yeah, in order yeah. to do it. So later on, even when she mentions she was sold, like she's saying, We you did this for money. This was done for money. Right. And look facts. at what happened to my people or what Nothing we were about to face as a result of under the a bribe. Facts. Yep. So Mordecai comes in here. I mean, as long as we're going to go down that uh, 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 trail, (laughs) he comes in and look at this. He Mm. approaches Esther because of her privilege. Mm. So he's going to say, yo, you're sitting here all hugged up next to the king. You've got a responsibility to do something. What I love about this is like, yo, like privilege is not in and of itself an indictment. Right. Mm -hmm. So privilege is not something that we are to be sorry for, regardless of if that privilege comes because of the color of our skin or because it comes because our ethnic identity is not Mm. right known. It seems like she was uh, racially ambiguous. Right. The curly hair, the tan skin. It's like, yo, you could be Jewish or Puerto Rican or Persian. Right. Yeah. yeah, We don't know. Mordecai comes and he's like, yo, mm-hmm. your privilege isn't something to be sorry for, but it is something to be stewarded. Mm. Right. And what I love is like, he's like, listen, fam, God's going to save us. And that's what I love right. about him. He's like, yo, mm-hmm. God's going to save us. That's yeah. what God does. Mm. What you have to decide is if you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Is if God's going to save us through you, like, cause mm. God's going to save us. And so if you don't step up like you should, if you don't use your privilege to protect those who are Mm -hmm. uh, prejudiced against and getting ready to be persecuted, his thing is, yo, God's going to save us, but I can't really speak for how he's going to deal with you. And I think he he just kind of ends with this. There is this providence of 
mm-hmm. privilege, right? God is not mentioned, but God is writing this story. Yes, and in this story, God has put people in yeah. places and God intends to use us or people that he's placed in positions of privilege to yeah, be about his work and to be about his glory. Yeah, and the way he just models that, like from the very beginning, it wasn't, even when he put Esther and, you know, told her the things she needed to do, it wasn't from an idea of how it would benefit him. Right. It was, I need to look out for her. Mm-hmm. And so when he comes to her, it's not an idea of how do you look out for just yourself? How do you look out for me? But you need to realize that you're in this position for something bigger than yourself and to right. look out for other people. So the selflessness that Mordecai pretty much, I mean, he shows this throughout the entire book of what does it look like to be in a certain position and have certain access and then use that for someone beyond yourself. I love I it. love that. I can close it with a quote. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, Martin Luther King said this in his book, uh, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? He says, the great majority of Americans are suspended between these opposing attitudes. They are uneasy with injustice, but unwilling to pay a significant price to eradicate it. Esther mm. was willing to risk her life for her people. That's good, Keith. Mm. Amen. Right, let's pray. Father, I pray that whatever position you have us in uh, today or this week, that we would be reminded uh, that even though if we don't know how we got here, you've placed us here, God. Help us to steward every platform you've provided to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.